from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here on Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Hey, you can call us throughout the show at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live right now on Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA program for executives here in Philadelphia. I'm also a licensed psychologist and former corporate recruiter. And we have Dion and Dana in studio. Dana is in for Michelle and ready to take your calls and maybe even answer the pre-break quiz. I don't know if you knew what you were in for, Dana, but we're excited you're both here. Hey, 844-942-7866. It is open calls. So anything you want to call in about today, is on the table. So if you're having challenges with your job search, not sure if it's time to make a change, or maybe you do want to make a change, but you just have no idea what you want to do, you've picked the right day. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are live on Sirius XM channel 132. This is Career Talk. And you can reach us at 844-942-7866. We have a fabulous guest who is going to help us say craft winning career stories that help you get the job. It's all about career stories now. No one no one wants to be bored with data and, and all that. They want a story. They want to be connected to people and their experiences. So if you're tuning in now, don't miss the chance to up your game and land the job you want because we're going to do live on air career stories. So if you're struggling to tell your story in a way that's compelling to hiring managers or you're not getting to the second interview, you want to give us a call today on Career Talk. And to help us gain this competitive advantage, we welcome Carrie Twig, a career strategist who helps people use their stories to land their ideal job. With over 15 years experience as a consultant and workshop facilitator, Carrie helps you see the awesome in what you've accomplished and how to tailor that story to land meaningful work. With a master's in education and BA in theater and film, we're so excited to have her on the show today. Welcome, Carrie. Hey, hey, happy to be here. I'm so excited. I love your energy. And <laughs> I, I have to ask you, because you have a background in theater, and mm-hmm. um, I, you know, obviously this contributes to how you moved into this work, but I was wondering if you could just spend a little time telling us how you moved from theater into being a career strategist. Oh, man. Well, I still feel like I'm just doing theater. <laughs> um, but uh, what I, in theater, I didn't make a lot of money. Hmm. So I took, I took this technique that you use as a playwright, to usually when you write a play, you'll put the action of your stories on cards and play around with the order of it. I did that with key stories from my career um, and then found out that I could take these transferable skills from theater and use them in HR and combine that with an HR certificate. Um, Landed a job at an HR firm where other executive coaches trained me on the job on how to do this work. Um, and I found myself more often bringing theater activities and art activities from my previous work into this work um, to create my own my own process. So that's the quick version. <laughs> yeah, and I want to dig into that because I think one of the topics we're going to talk about today is this idea of if you know you want to do something different but have no idea what you want to do or even what you're qualified for, what are some strategies? And we're going to talk about those on the show, but you've already mentioned one. And so I want to kind of get a little clarity around that. So so you said you put your, your actual experiences on cards and that helped you figure out that HR was your path. Can you can you say more about that, Carrie? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I got a pack of index cards. Um, so you can get them at the dollar store. Um, and for like every day, for about seven to 10 days, I would write a story on an index card of work that I love to do. So um, like a day that I that I left work feeling really alive, that I like was happy, like it was, you know, I would have done it if I didn't even get paid. So just all these these stories. Um, and I and then I put them together. I laid them out on my bed, and I looked at each story and thought about what what was the skill that I used in each of those stories and tasks. Um, and when and then I put them up and put them into piles. And then I realized that three things kept coming up. So I really love to help people. 
I really love to plan programs and I really liked working like one-to-one with people problem solving something that had like real world meaning. And when I looked at where I could do this work, I was like, it would be education or human resources um, or like social work. And I decided that HR seemed like I could make the most money at it. So yeah, values. For. You got to know, you got to know yeah. what your values are to help you make that decision. I love that. I love that story, Carrie, because you know we're, we're, we have a career day at Wharton today and we're talking about branding and building your career story. And it's obviously very different from the way MBAs think because they're thinking about data and, and numbers and, and stats and things like that. So it's, it's been, it's been an interesting journey to kind of use the other side of the brain and talk about getting in touch with, with this other process process that has to do more with stories and emotions. And so I I love what you just said, because it's very similar to something we talked about today, which is if you're thinking about what you want to do, find that one piece of your job that energizes you. Find that one piece of your job where you get lost in time or you, you just, you know, you would show up and you can't wait to do because that's probably a good sign that that's the direction you need to go. And I know a lot of people, carry kind of talk themselves out of it because they're like, I don't know if I can make a career out of this. I don't know if I can make enough money in this. I don't even know what jobs would do this. But once you find your energy, don't talk yourself out of it. Don't talk yourself out of it. That you're, that's real. You feel that energy. The next step is a little bit difficult, but there are ways to get from that energy to that actual job. And I love the way you just talked about it, Carrie. Put your skills on the paper and then kind of go from there. Hey, you're just tuning in. It is Open Calls on Career Talk, 844-942-7866. We are taking your calls all hour long here on Career Talk, Sirius XM 132. And hey, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we want to hear from you. If you have any and all career questions are on the table. And right now, we are talking with Carrie Twig, who is a career strategist. We're learning how to create career stories. So um, it's interesting because as I was researching this show, Carrie, um, you know, the book uh, uh, Made to Stick by Chip and Dan Heath came up. And, you know, there's actual research behind this. And the research is that people tend to recall stories better than statistics. In fact, they did a they did a study where 63% remembered the stories and only 5% remembered any individual statistic. And I think that is so powerful. And if you think about, you know, the the presentations you've been to, you might have said, yeah, there's a big number, but the, this this story really stuck with me. So I think this is this is where we're going today. Companies want you to be able to tell stories. So what if you're not a good story? storyteller, Carrie? <laughs> oh, man. So I, I think I think everyone can be a great storyteller. I think where we get lost is, or where I find people, is they feel like they have to, they either have to tell, they, they have to tell too much information. And they, it's like, so I think you have to think about where do I want to start this story, right? So some stories, you don't have to start them as like, I was in high school and then I did this. You can start your story right before, you know, the main event happens. Yeah. Right? So First there were the dinosaurs why. and then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I think it's just going, where's the smartest and most relevant place and thinking about the other person, like for them to really have enough information about the story that they, that they can feel, they can feel and care about it. I think the other way is that there's other people who just slide over the details. So there's nothing for the person to remember. So, when you're thinking about thinking about writing a story, telling a story, think about what you can add. So, you know, if I said, "Oh, hey, Don, like uh, a woman just walked into the room," like you can imagine any woman, right? If I said, "Oh, a woman in a red dress walked into the room," you've kind of forgotten that it's even a woman, but that red dress is in there. So, adding details like that where people can imagine them, and we might all imagine different red dresses, but you've got something sticky. And we've all really seen a red dress. So that's going to tickle a part of the brain, but like of the person you're talking to, that they're going to go, oh, I remember that. And it's, it's making more sparks. And the more sparks we can do, we can give people when we're telling our stories, the more likely they are to remember us. 
Yeah, I can't remember the numbers. right? No. And here's the thing. I I will tell you, my brain thinks in stats, thinks in numbers. And, you know, I I kind of beat myself up a lot because I'm like, I need to tell more stories. And when I did my TEDx talk, my coaches were like, stories, stories. No one cares about the statistics. But it's it's just so hard for me to think that way because my brain seems to be wired in the other direction. So I think an important point about this is you have to practice. This is not something that you either naturally have or can't do. It's something Mm -hmm. that you need to practice. And I love one of your suggestions, which is about, hey, when you see a good story, you know, write it down, just write it down, write down the details right after it happened, because then you can start getting into the habit of, you know, a beginning, a middle and end and, you know, all of those pieces of the story. So great point. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Carrie Twig and we're going to go right to the phones today with Kristen in North Carolina. Welcome to Career Talk, Kristen. What's on your mind today? Hi, Don. Hi, Carrie. My question is, how do you advise someone who's done their stories and they feel really excited about possibilities, but they have people in their life who are trying to talk them out of it? Ooh. Ooh, can, can, can you share a little bit about where you're going um, from and to? Well, this is actually not me personally. This is somebody that I'm working with. Ah, calling for a friend. We love those calls. And so, yeah, so here's the thing. I think... Um, I think this is a great point you bring up, Kristen, because a lot of people deal with this. A lot of people make decisions about their careers based on outside influences. And a lot of times we don't even realize it. We don't even realize it's, you know, we're looking for a brand name because we want to be able to say that brand name or because our our peers are making a certain amount of money and we want to be able to kind of keep up with the Joneses or because our parents kind of instilled this, this maybe guilt in us that they'd love to see us be on this path hint, hint. Um, And so it can be really difficult. So I think one is identifying if the person that you're working with is aware that that this is happening. I think that's good. That's that's step one. And once you're aware, I think then you can address what the individual aspects are. Um, Carrie, what are your thoughts on this? Um, I find this a lot with people who who know their story, want to take action and are thinking about being entrepreneurs. And so this is a big thing that comes up. And my, I would give the advice of talking to the person, if you can, if they're open for it, and just saying, what scares you about this? When I was thinking about, um, like, I left my full-time pension secure job working for the government to become an independent career coach, which sounds like a really big risk. Um, but I would talk to my husband, who's really risk adverse, and I would go like, what scares you about this? And so we put we put things into into place. So, you know, one thing I did was I was like, I can show you how much money I can make quickly. And I put on a workshop, like a local workshop over a weekend and made a lot of money over a weekend. And I went, so this could be every weekend. And that helped him. So sometimes it's it's addressing it. Right. If if the person is just like not supportive, um, then I would also I would also seek out other people. So it could be on LinkedIn, even looking for other like look at the hashtag, um, you know, open for new opportunities or somebody who's looking um, for a new job, like and see if you can start a connection with them where you have a community of people who are building each other up. If you're getting it, if if you're getting um, negative from one area, you have to you have to find it somewhere else. Maybe it's finding a coach if you can afford it would be another option. Yeah, I, I totally agree because support is so critical. And if you have if you're you're already nervous starting on a new adventure and you have people who are kind of naysaying, that can make it even more difficult. And I think part of something we we don't do as much anymore, Kristen, is reflect. I don't feel like we we take the time to necessarily reflect and and understand why we want to do something and why we have this little nagging voice in our in our head that's pulling us towards this direction but but something you need to know one that nagging voice won't go away even if you ignore it um and and two when you really can get in touch with your values what's important to you and sometimes a good way to do this is to think about yourself 20 years out or think about yourself at retirement what what do i want to have accomplished in my life. And if the path you're on now isn't that path, then I think you need to start to get serious about yourself because the fact is not everybody's going to be happy with what you do, but but 20 years from now, you're going to have some serious regrets if you made choices based on what other people wanted versus you. Um, Kristen, is this helpful? 
yeah, the the person in particular is in IT and he makes a lot of money and he wants to do something more artistic and that's the pushback. Yeah, and I think that the you know the another idea is to get creative because one of the things I tell people is sometimes when you follow your your hobbies, uh, it doesn't always turn out to be great for a number of reasons because. You know, once something that you love to do becomes the way you make money, the passion can kind of leak out of it. So is there a creative way to meet in the middle? Is there a creative way to use technology to be artistic? Is there a way to do art on, at least on the side, until there's enough momentum built to move that? Or is there a way to make art your primary role and do IT on the side? Because IT is something that you can do from anywhere at any time. So it might be a potential to find that kind of portfolio career. It doesn't actually have to be one or the other. And I think that could be something else that sort of satisfies the people who are saying this is this is absolutely crazy the last thing i'll say on this is that you can always change your mind so if you go the artistic route and you decide you know after a few years this isn't working or oh my god all those people were right then you know maybe you're gonna have to catch up a little bit on where it is gone but if you have a if you have a tendency to be good at it you can catch up you can take some certifications and you can go back that route so i think rather than sit and wonder and sit and dream do it Clarity comes through action. And so the first action creates another action, creates another action. And there's really no way to know unless you do it. But you can always change your mind. The world is changing constantly. And we have to change to keep up with it. So whether you want to or not, the future is going to look different for all of us. Kristen, thank you so much for giving us a call on Career Talk. We really appreciate it. Hey, it's open call. So if you've got a question on any topic, maybe you're struggling with what you want to do or how to figure it out or you can't get past the second interview or you're negotiating an offer and you don't know what to ask for, that's why Career Talk comes to you every Thursday live all hour long. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham, and we are here with Carrie Twig, who is a career strategist who is helping us all find the awesome in ourselves. I love that about your marketing, help to find the awesome. And I think that's such a core part of what career coach do because it's sometimes difficult, Carrie, to look at ourselves and see ourselves in a different way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And most people like, I don't know, I feel like I can find the awesome that even people's like mothers, even their good mothers can't see in them. Like, I'll be like, you know, you're really great at this because we're, we're blind to it, right? We absolutely put these labels on. We come black and white. I'm this, I'm that. If I'm that, I'm not this. But the fact is we're so complex and sometimes it takes an outside voice to say, you know what you're missing? You're actually great at this and you never talk about it. And hey, if you're listening and you want to know what your awesome is, or maybe you know what your awesome is and you just want to say it on live radio, we can do that too. You're yeah. listening to Career Talk Series XM 132, 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. We're here all hour long. So so we're kind of talking about how to figure out what you want to do if you know you want to do something different. And we, we kind of talked about how your energy is something you want to pay attention to and where do you lose time. What are what are some other things that can help you figure out your next step if you know you want to make some kind of change, Carrie? Oh, I love, do you do, do you do the like 10 possible selves activity? No, do tell. No, do tell. man, that's that's a beautiful one. So you write down like 10 other careers that you're thinking of. And some of them will be like really safe. And some of them can be like your wildest dreams one. So you write down the 10, look at the list. And then depending where you are. So if like you're desperate and you need money, then I would go for the safest, safest one and go explore it. If you're like open to anything and, and you know, time isn't, isn't an issue, uh, look at the one that is the most exciting to you and you go, yeah, this one I would love to do. And then go, like, go explore it. So take a class, talk to somebody in it, go like read an article, like do, do something. Um, last summer I was, I was like, I think I maybe want to grow flowers on the side, like have a floral farm. So I took a course where I went to a floral farm. I took a course with them on like how to grow flowers, how to cut them, how to arrange them. And by doing it, I was like, oh, this isn't something I want to do for a living. This is like a hobby. But doing it took it off of that list that I was missing out or I wasn't taking action. Um, And it helped me to see like, no, I get way more pleasure out of like out of helping people. 
So I think making making that list and then and then being strategic about how you how you test them. Yes, clarity through action. I can't say that enough on this show, especially Carrie, because I think we get paralyzed when we don't know what to do. We're so worried about making a wrong step. We take no steps. And if this is you, if you're finding yourself constantly daydreaming about doing something else or constantly telling yourself that I can't be in this job anymore, take a step, any step, just do something to have a different conversation, meet a different person, try take a class, take a community college class, go see a movie you would never think to go see because this kind of gets the brain moving in directions that are different. And so it really will lead to another step and another step. And it doesn't matter if it's the right or wrong step. You just got to get that energy flowing forward to get you out of that rut because you can spend a lot of time in your mind. And for many of us, that's a scary place. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. We're here with Carrie Twig. And we're going to take your calls all hours. It's open calls. And the cool thing is, is that Carrie's expertise is finding your awesomeness. So if you want somebody to find your awesomeness on air, we want to hear from you at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. There's also, I know you have a lot of great blogs on your website, Carrie, too. And, and, you know, I love the question, what are three things you get complimented on as a way to start discovering where your strengths are? Because again, it's this idea, we don't tend to take a lot of time to reflect. And so a lot of times people around us see things that we don't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I was just, it's funny. I was just talking, I was just on like a group call with a program I'm in. And this woman was talking about like how she loved, she's like, oh yeah, I love being at work and how um, like people always come to me like for stuff, right? I'm like, what kind of things do they come for? And it was like, they come to her when they have an HR problem. They come to her to find out like what's going on. They come to her when they... Um, yeah, aren't getting along with someone else, like when they want to know the dirt. And I was like, like, you're really good at building trust. And she was like, she hadn't, she didn't even like see that for herself. Right. And I was like, the thing that people come to you for, and the thing that people compliment you on is like, is often work that's not even part of your job description. Mm -hmm. So nowhere in her job description does it say you have to help people with HR issues or be the office confident, right? Like, but because she she does it naturally. I was like, you need a job where where those skills are needed, and they help you to do better work. Yeah. So yeah, paying attention, right? What are they? What are you always getting thanked for? Or what kind of if you get put on projects? Like, is every is someone always making you the project lead? Well, that's because they see you as a leader, and you're great at organizing things, right? Um, yeah. So pay attention because those can be tips on what, what, how you stand out naturally that you may not even know you're already standing out at. I think that's a fabulous point. And as you were describing that, Carrie, I was thinking about like letting other people be your mirror because, mm-hmm. again, it's just sometimes so difficult to see in ourselves some of these things. And, yeah, it's scary. It's, it's a little scary to ask people these questions because it makes you vulnerable. But I'll tell you what's scarier, waking up 10 years from now wishing you had started today. Hey, you're listening yeah. to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And, hey, if you want all my great tips in one place, you should grab a copy of Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. It's on Amazon and other great booksellers. And right now, we're going to go to our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? Yes, there's a quiz. And I have to say, I want to thank my friend Greg for submitting this. And remind the listening audience that I am always looking for great pre-break quizzes for this show. So if you've got a great quiz, if you listen to this show, you know it doesn't have to necessarily have any relevance to your career, but it could. Then give us a call or tweet at Dr. Don Graham. We'd love to have your questions. So here's the question. After Tom Hanks is related to this popular president of the United States. Actor Tom Hanks is related to this popular president of the United States. If you think you know, give us a call now at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We'll be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Graham.
Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio, and we are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I am the career director here for the Wharton MBA program for executives. And just in case you missed the pre-break quiz, I'm going to give it to you one more time. Okay, so... Actor Tom Hanks is related to this popular president of the United States. If you think you know, we'd love to hear from you, 844-942-7866. So today it is open calls. We're inviting you to call anytime during the show with any of your job search or career questions and helping us out with that today. We have an awesome guest, Carrie Twig, who is a career strategist. And my favorite part about her brand is that she helps you find your awesome. And we're talking all about how to create career career stories, which are really the way to convey your expertise. Long gone are the days where you just need to put a historical account together. People want to connect with you, and they do that through stories. And Carrie helps people create meaningful stories that help them land a job. Carrie, where can people reach you if they'd like more information after the show? Um, You know, I think the best place to see me is like LinkedIn because I'm really active. So look at my name. It's Carrie, K-E-R-R-I, Twig, T-W-I-G-G. Um, I also have a website, which is career-stories.com. Um, but LinkedIn is where I, where I hang out. Perfect. And if you choose to go the LinkedIn route, don't forget to add a personalized message letting Carrie know where you heard her. <laughs> but you should also add a personalized message to anybody you reach out on because that's the right way to do it. Okay. So we're talking all about, about career stories, and we're going to get into that in just a second. But first, we're going to go right back to our phones with Richard in Virginia. Richard, welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today? Oh, just uh, wanted to acknowledge your work again for um, this great guest that you brought on today. Terry, I uh, checked out uh, on LinkedIn um, uh, before the call and saw some of the work, uh, our content, the articles she's written, and I, and I intend to get back into them and read some more of them. And uh, I was trying to figure out a good question to ask, and the best I could come up with would be uh, about my performance development plan, that uh, summary, the tool that we use in a, lo- a large organization. Uh, it uh, it has there have been years where it has been uh, extremely thin, and I, I wonder how those even work. Uh, where they're accessed, who's looking at them, how important are they? That kind of thing. So you're talking about Richard. Just to clarify, you're talking about performance reviews internal to a company, right? And this tool that we document the whole performance uh, note, we notate where you're at with your performance. Uh, that tool itself. So um, in terms of um, – I just want to make sure I clarify your question. So where is this going in terms of, of how it's evolved? Are you talking about specifically how companies are using these to promote your career? Yeah, the latter. Okay, perfect, perfect. Well, first off, not all companies are using them, and there's therein lies the problem. And secondly, the companies who are using them often are not using them either consistently or haven't updated them or just using it as a sign-off process. So I think we have a lot of work to do in this area because, in my opinion, this is one of the most critical things to managing talent in an organization, to managing succession in an organization. And uh, for a lot of cases, I think we're doing it wrong. But I'm going to toss it over to to Carrie, because I know that's who you called to talk to. Yeah, so um, I don't know. I don't know a ton about um, performance reviews. I, I had a bit of experience um, within the government, and I think the issue with them is that you often have them, and then they kind of get forgotten. And I think that we have a really big missed opportunity. So I think the way you can make that performance review work for you, and make sure that on record you have like you have the things that are important is that the next time you go into your performance review is to, to jot down specific things that you're proud of and that you accomplished that year. Cause your like your manager or your supervisor, their supervisor may not know like what work you did to get the results. So making sure that there's a record of that somewhere and you can do that by when you fill out the form, telling all those accomplishment stories. So yeah, you can even have like an inbox or a folder in your inbox that's just called awesome work. And every time someone compliments you or you finish a product uh, project that you're proud of, stick it in there so that when you go, you can say, I did this, uh, this process that I improved made this happen. This relationship I developed made this so they can see the role that you played, because we can't assume that even if they see us every day, they know how we're awesome. 
I love that. I have a kudos file for that, um, Carrie. So, so I totally have that. And and I'm going to say you can assume they have no idea how hard you're working and what you're doing for the most part, because hey, they've got their own jobs. They've got their own challenges they're managing and they may see parts and and things, but, but they don't know all the ins and outs like you do. So I, I think that's a phenomenal idea. And Richard, I would even create a personal dashboard for yourself that you do depending on your job and how it's measured that you do monthly, quarterly, but do this for yourself for, for a couple of reasons. One, so you can communicate it to your boss or on your performance review, but two, because as we're getting to talk more about career stories, you do still want to quantify your results. You want to have measurable outcomes. You want to have something that shows the impact you're having every day. And some of us are so good at our jobs that, that, you know, there's not a lot that stands out to us, but it would stand out to somebody else. And so I think if we get in the habit of saying, what did I accomplish this quarter? And what did I do that made a difference? And my favorite question, which is, what if I stop showing up tomorrow what would fall apart? Because when you start answering that question, you start to see the impact that you have in the organization uh, that is measurable, even if it's not numbers, but is measurable impact. Is that answering your question, Richard? Oh, you both were amazing. Can I guess at the pretty big quiz? Ooh, ooh, you're gonna you're gonna one up Dion. Yeah, you can guess. Okay. So the the first thing I the first theory I have is a clue is that he played the character Tom Hanks was the voice of the character in Toy Story that was named Woody. So I thought maybe that was done maybe because he's somehow related to Woodrow Wilson. Ooh, you're giving me way too much credit. <laughs> My pre-breaks <laughs> quizzes are not that complex. But I like the way you think. I like the way you think in connections. That's awesome. Yeah. No, oh, that work with. no, but but now that we've opened this door, we have to go. We have to, Richard. We have to bring Dion into this conversation. Dion, I think thinks like you. Dion thinks in in those I mean, kinds of connections. I, I didn't even know where he was going with the whole Woody thing. I didn't. I forgot about Woodrow Wilson. Um, I have a question. Oh, I have a follow up question. All right, we'll is see. this president still alive? Ooh, that's a good question. That's a big hint. No. Uh, uh, oh. That means there's a lot more. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The odds just changed. And I'm not exactly sure who's still alive anyway. Um, This one's definitely not alive. No one's going to be like, wow. That helps. Wow, is he still alive? No one's saying that. Um, I'm going to say JFK. Ooh, no. No. (laughs) No, that means Dana gets to chime in. All right. I'm going to say Dwight Eisenhower. Oh, both from California. See, you guys are thinking so so like I, I deeply. Just, I just picked a name. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Carrie, do you want to do you want to jump in here? I don't. Th- I'm Canadian. and we're all jealous let's just like leave it at that um (laughs) that's awesome okay well then we will answer that should have been my answer that was the best answer that was the best answer um so um first off richard thank you so much for giving us a call on the show and for for attempting the pre-break quiz i love the way you think you must Richard, send me a pre-break quiz for the future and we will play it on air. But in this case, actor Tom Hanks is related to Honest Abe. Yeah, yeah, Tom. He's really not alive. Yeah, I really (laughs) didn't think anybody could mix that one up. It's Um, been a while. Even I know that one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Third, yeah. Even Canadians know Abraham Lincoln is not alive. (laughs) His, uh, he was the third, his third cousin, four generations removed, through the president's mother, Nancy Hanks. I know that's more information than you want to know, but um, do you know what he did when, when his first job was, Dion? Tom Hanks or Abe, or Abe Lincoln? <laughs> Tom Hanks. <laughs> Good clarification. Um, uh, he was a dishwasher. No, but that's a hard question. He was a hotel bellman. That's close. And weird fact about Tom Hanks, who I adore, by the way, he is an avid collector of typewriters. Yeah, he's purchased over 80 typewriters from around the world, and his reason for collecting them... Oh, because that was my question. Yeah, yeah, no, I got this, I because I was curious about that, too. He's been doing this since 1978. Oh, Tom, why do you collect these? And he said, for no particular reason, which is so why I love Tom Hanks, because, like, how can you not, how can you not love Tom Hanks? <laughs> and he's only won two Academy Awards, just two. Really? That's not enough for Tom Hanks. But he's got a lot of typewriters. And he's, yeah, 
I mean, <laughs> the stuff you learn on this show, I'm telling you. Yeah, those are like awards. <laughs> <laughs> the golden typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> Philadelphia and Forrest Gump, by the way, are the two that he won Academy Awards for back to back 1993 and 1994. In case I saw both of those. You did? Holy cow. <laughs> Holy cow. I might, I might just have to like, you know, just blew my mind, Dion. All right. All right. So now that we know all about Tom Hanks, let's get to storytelling. Speaking of stories. So um, one of the things you wrote in your blog, Carrie, that I love is, you know, you wrote about, I don't know if this was a client or just somebody you came across, but but that, you know, the person said to you, you know, I, I'm just going to tell the the hiring manager all of my skills and what I've done, and they'll just tell me what I'll, what I'll be good at in their company. Yeah. And I love that because I think that's a mindset that a lot of people use, whether consciously or not, when they write their resume, when they do their LinkedIn, when they prepare answers for the interview. They think, I'm just going to throw all of my best skills there, and the company's going to be so impressed, they're going to decide all these places where they can fit me. And that is just absolutely 100% not the case. Yeah. No one has time for that. Like no nope. one, like like I like I'm like I do right. Like I will I will listen to people right. Like I could tell the difference between like Dion and Richard who called right. That I'm just like oh Richard is like this amazing like deep thinker. He went and did his research. He's going layers right. Like I can do that. I'd be like Dion is like instantly makes connections. He's quick on his feet. Um, so I'm doing it as a career coach because I look for it. But as a recruiter. Like you want the person to have already done that work. The responsibility is on the employer or the employee to say, "This is what I'm really great at, and this is the work I want to do." Because um, yeah, they're not they're they're not they're not the hiring people aren't career coaches, um, and you can land a way better position if you actually know what you're awesome at, and if you can say specifically, "Like I want to do this kind of work." And. And, yeah, people. Yeah. Well, I just think that also we get very attached to our biggest accomplishments, and sometimes our biggest mm-hmm. accomplishments aren't what's most relevant to the job. And you know, personal no. story of mine is I have a PhD, but when I worked in corporate, putting that forth as an opener got the door slammed in my face a number of times because it's just not the right audience for that. Now, later, it came in as a a differentiator. You know, that I always preach match first, stand out second. So you want to have those differentiators. But you have to know your audience and you have to know which of your accomplishments they want to hear about in your story. So let's talk about, you know, what are the the characteristics of a great career story, Carrie? Oh, man. So I think a great career story is, so you're always telling different ones, right? So I think that there's, I think there's three stories in this. So the first one is the story you tell yourself about, you know, your self-worth. The second story is the story that you tell other people. And the third story is the company, what, the, what story the company is telling itself. And a great career story is where you match and know that you're worthy of doing the, of doing the job that the company wants. And you match what you've done with what the company is trying to do and say that they want. So if you can match those, those are great. So that means it's an old playwriting rule, but sometimes you have to cut what you love. So you don't tell them the story. Like, I have a story about you know a dog that I love, but it's not going to help the hiring person to know that I'm a pro- like that I'm the right person for the job. So I'm going to tell them a different story about doing an HR pres- presentation in a boardroom because that's going to help them feel more comfortable. So I think. The biggest career stories is like knowing your skills, but then also knowing and making it relevant for the other person. Yeah. And I think a great way to kind of start getting in the, that realm of telling stories is to think about, you know, great movies. I mean, great movies always have oh, yeah. this this attention getting first scene. And then there's always an obstacle or turmoil or a situation. And then, you know, usually there's a way that the, the hero or whatever overcomes that. And, you know, you have the lesson in there. And I think I think when you think about telling your stories, even though you're talking about your career, the the fact is it should have all of those those characteristics. What's the situation like? What was punchline first is always what I say. So so grab their attention with well, I increase profits by twenty percent by doing X, and then you go into your story and then talk about your challenges. You know some of the things we had to deal with were last minute client changes and da da, and then show that that result at the end. Bring them through that career. Um, sorry, story arc, because mm-hmm. that's going to have so much more power than if you know you just rattle off the facts or going just randomly, lazily go in chronological order. I mean, it, the goal of an interview, the goal of, of of meeting people and getting ahead in your career is this connection 
this connection. Yeah, and in a, in a story, a transformation takes place, right? So you're leading them through an anecdote, which is what a lot of people do. An anecdote just kind of gives the facts and the situation, but a story will show the change. So the change that you made and the difference that you make. I love that. I think that's such a key thing. And you also talked about something else that I think is is so key when you, you think about the words you use. I, I kind of every year I look up the most overused buzzwords in resumes and LinkedIn. And, you know, for this year, specialized experience, leadership, skilled, passionate, expert, motivated, creative, strategic, successful. If you have any of those in your resume or your LinkedIn, the fact is you're not standing out. You're not being unique. You're not showing that audience something that somebody else doesn't have. So I think those those word choices are so important, which is why preparation is so important. Hey, you're listening to Career Talk on Series 6. I'm Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Carrie Twig, who is teaching you how to find your awesome and tell it in a great story. And we're going to go to the phones. We're going to go to Jay in Maryland. Welcome to Career Talk. What's on your mind today, Jay? Hey, Don. Hey, Carrie. Uh Quick question for me. Uh, I am transitioning jobs from the nonprofit back to the for-profit sector. So, uh, and it's going to be at uh, an education technology firm. So, for, I guess my question is two parts. One, how do I transition and go through the onboarding process without being too overwhelmed by just a completely different culture and different kind of work style? And then two, how can I start to build my career story at this firm? kind of from the beginning so that I have a good reputation and story to tell as I progress uh, with my in my career there. So, Jay, have you already got the position? You have it? Yes, already have it. And I went to orientation a couple, I guess it was last week, and kind of got introduced to everything. And I think my initial thought was, wow, this is really exciting, but also very different. Yes, yes. Well, congratulations. That's exciting. That's a tough switch to make. Carrie, what is your, what is your advice for Jay? So my first is that, like, they, for the overwhelm, they wouldn't have hired you if they didn't know you could do the job, right? So they know you you absolutely can do it. It's really normal to to feel overwhelmed. Usually it's like the first week you're so excited, you get all this information to you, digest. And usually week three and month three is when you make a bunch of mistakes and you, it's something about like you start to feel like you, you're getting the feel of things and then you make little minor errors and they can make you question, you know, your, your own awesomeness. So just know that that's really normal in week three and in month three. Um, I think for the starting, like, I think it's the same advice that I gave earlier, but tracking the things that you're really proud of um, and that you, and the difference that you make so that you, and, and paying attention to the words that other people are using, like, um, at the job. So you, when you're telling stories, you're starting, you're starting to speak the language of, of the organization and you sound like you fit in more. Um, so adapting that and then keeping track of all the things, of all the projects and how they work and not forgetting, like, I don't think, I don't think you have to drop your career story from the not-for-profit world. There's so many things that you learned through that work that you can bring. So as you learn like the organization and the job better, don't discount that you have a perspective that probably no one else there has. And that work experience will, will can, can kind of put you on the map and be your strategic advantage. Yeah. Jay, what week are you in, in your new job? Uh, week two. Ah, so the mistakes are coming. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, just... <laughs> I was curious. I'm worried about next Monday now. Take vacation. I think that's awesome. Jay, did, was that helpful for you? Yeah, absolutely. And just one other thing, I think your 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 comments on um, action and clarity through action is, is so important. I think that's one thing I've always done in my career. And I think visually for me, I always think of it as, as like creating ripples. Like you do an action here and then it sends out ripples and things start to move around as you start to do. Um, That's just awesome advice. It definitely works for me. Thank you, Jay. And I love that example because it actually plays into what we're talking about today. I love that visual. And I, I often say that to people when they're writing their resume or LinkedIn. Use words that have a visual or that you can act out in charades because that gives people something to, to kind of hold on to. Like you can't really act out managed, but you can act out spearheaded. Um, 
You know, so think about those kinds of things. So I love that example because when you start to think about that ripple effect, that's exactly it. And that was so much more powerful than the way I said it. So thank you, Jay. That was awesome. And congratulations on your new job. And we're all sending you good karma for next week. It'll be okay. Thank you for calling Career Talk. Hey, we're on Sirius XM Channel 132. We're here all hour. It's open call Thursday. So if it's noon Eastern, 9 8 Pacific, we're taking your calls all hour at 844-844-942-7866. And we have Carrie Twig, who is here helping people to be awesome. All hour long, we're talking about career stories and we're talking about story arcs and something that I love you said, Carrie, was about the transformation. Your story should have a transformation. It should evoke an emotion um, and not to get too caught up in, in all of these different facts, but it should also have a great ending. Like we can all think of movies oh, yeah. that have a great ending. You know, they just say, Dion, what's a movie that has a great ending? Oh, you put me on the spot. I know, I know. But you can think of one. I'm going to say the first Matrix, because I didn't like the ending of, of, of the third one. Okay. I I don't remember it, but it must have had a great ending. And you talk about the movies I have I know, I know. You and I have to have a movie weekend. You and I have to have a movie weekend. So I, I think of Usual Suspects. Have you seen that? No. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> All right. We have to cut the show short. And Deanna and I have got to go like Netflix and, and watch the movies. But yeah, that, that ending, what you leave them with is so, so critical. So think about as you tell your stories, a lot of people leave off the results. They tell this great story about how they were working with the clients and they did X, Y, and Z. And I've done, you know, I'm like, well, how did it turn out? Don't forget <laughs> the end. Don't forget the end. Hey, we're going to go to the phones with Monica in Phoenix. Monica, welcome to the show. It's on your mind today. Hi. I um, I wanted to ask, I have been, I took a new job. Uh, it's completely different for me. I went from banking to insurance. And two months into my, my new job, I had a mountain biking accident. I broke my leg. So I have been out of work for almost three weeks now because of the fracture of my leg. And my biggest concern is to go back to work because I didn't complete my provisional period, um, the 90 days, and even if I, the company will be gracious enough to take me back, will this even set me back in a career path? Would I be able to recover and navigate through that? Got it. How would I do that? Got it. Yeah. So, um, so first off, so sorry that you broke your leg, and hopefully you're recovering quickly. And I think I think a lot of this question depends some uh, somewhat on the the legalities of the company. I mean, they they really shouldn't let you go. If you've only been out three weeks and it's for a legitimate accident, I mean, I'm hoping you may not yet qualify for FMLA, but I'm hoping they have some kind of uh, short-term disability or something that 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 doesn't involve you ending or terminating your position um, based on this. But I recognize you're in a provisional period and you're concerned because you've been out of work and, you know, how do you reapproach? I think one of the most important things is, you know, they need to be reassured that you're all in, that you're committed, that you're going to be, um, you know, diving back in, doing everything you can to be resourceful. The fact is hiring managers want people who get the work done with as little hand-holding as possible. So I think you need to be communicating that in any way that you can right now. And, you know, to the extent you can be working from home, I don't know if that's something you can be doing, but I think you have to be showing that commitment because that's what they're going to be most worried about. Um, Carrie, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement. Like, I would just say... Like, are you are you staying in touch with them? Yes. Yeah, I touch yeah. base every week. Yeah, beautiful. So that's showing commitment. And the truth is that if they if they hired you like if they hired you once, it's probably and and they liked you. Um, it's more expensive for them to try and find and train somebody else, right? So if you're staying in contact with them, that's great. I think like if if um, it sets you back and they're not getting the results that they see and it's costing them too much money. And I don't know, I don't know a lot of like the U.S. laws on that, that in terms of your career, it, it, it's such, I think it'll be such a small blip, right? So that the next thing that you could do, you landed this insurance job, you obviously know how to sell yourself, you have transferable skills, like you're, um, I think it sounds like you're responsible because you're staying, like you're a great communicator, you're staying in touch. So I wouldn't worry so much about finding another job. Um, 
and you could ex- you could explain why, right? If um, if you haven't been there long, like at this new job, and you need to find a new one, then you might want to be strategic about if you even mention this insurance company job on your resume. But nothing that you're saying is making me feel like you're gonna you're gonna lose the one that you have. I think just yeah, keep showing interest um, and and think positive. And and I love I love that you called, and I'm sorry that you had an accident. That's really bad timing. Yeah, we wish you all the best, Monica. Thank you so much for supporting Career Talk. We appreciate that. And as we're wrapping up, we're going to try and get one more call. Tracy in Dallas, we are we are running out of time, so maybe you can give us your question really quickly. Yes. So I have been uh, in the search for a career for a while now, and I really have no problem getting interviews, getting callbacks, getting second and third interviews. It's in that last phase of making a decision on who to hire that for for a couple years now, I've not been able to close a deal. So what am I missing in my quote unquote career story that I need to add to it to close the deal? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to jump in on this, Tracy. It's funny. I was just doing a training. We're talking about this exact thing. Here's the thing. There's three things somebody's looking for when hiring skills, fit. And the last one, motivation. Most people know that skills, if you've made it this far, you've got the skills. Uh, chances are, if you're getting the second and third interview, you have the fit. The last one is the the make or break. I promise you, it's the motivation. And often it's asked in terms of why do you want this job? Why do you want to work for this company? Why do you want to be here? But this is the make or break question. And you have got to nail this answer because this is the question that gives them the information. Are you, are you going to come in and go above and beyond? Are you really excited about our industry? Are you excited about about growing with this company and staying long term? Or am I going to have to like, you know, hire somebody else in six months because I think you're bored or because you want to get promoted? And I would say that when it comes down to, you know, the last two candidates, every time I will hire based on motivation over everything else. Because what I want to know is that this person's going to come in, make my life easy, not need a lot of handholding, obviously make make me look good in the organization and be in for the long haul. And I'm not talking about 10 years, but I am talking about be in and, and you know, step it up. So it's possible that they're just not getting that communicated to them because you need to have a stronger answer, but it's not strong enough to just say, I'm really passionate about your company or something generic. It cannot be generic. It has to be specific. So one of my thoughts for you, Tracy, is to make sure you put a lot of time into that answer, demonstrating commitment, demonstrating the why, and being as specific as you can to that company or that role or that team in terms of how you're going to help. Because I guarantee you, hiring managers are looking at that aspect as the make or break once they're at that that's uh, part of the interview. So Tracy, thank you so much for giving us a call. We're so excited that you're, you're getting these opportunities. I think you're so close. You hang in there. You change that motivation answer. And I think you are going to have more offers that you're going to need to juggle. So Thank you so much. And we are we are out of time, Carrie, but we so enjoyed having you on the show talking about stories. I love your energy. And Carrie, one more time, where can people reach you if they want more information? Yeah, just look me up on LinkedIn, Carrie Twig, K-E-W-R-I, Twig, T-W-I-G-G, or career-stories.com. And yeah, I'm excited to meet you all. Thanks for having me, Donna. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Carrie. And of course, Dana and Dion, you make this show so fun and run smoothly. And of course, our listeners and callers. We are here every Thursday, live at noon Eastern for you taking your calls on any and all career topics. And if you want to check out past episodes, just look for Dr. Dawn on Careers on iTunes and Google Play. You've been listening to SiriusXM Channel 132, and I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham. We'll see you next time.